Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School Lesson for Sunday, May 14th, 2023. I'm Deacon Barry Taylor and I will be your lesson presenter today. We are in Lesson 11 of the Faith Pathway Adult Quarterly, Unit 3 of the Spring Quarter, which is entitled The Birth of the Church. The Birth of the Church. Our lesson title from that quarterly is Healing a Man Who Cannot Walk. Healing a Man Who Cannot Walk. Our devotional reading is taken from Luke chapter 10 verses 1 through 9. Background scripture, Acts chapter 3. And our printed passage or lesson text is taken from Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 11. Our lesson aims or number one, I'm sure our commentator meant to say, explore the lame man's need behind his request. Number two, value the gifts of the healing for the body and the soul that Peter and John had to offer. And number three, offer responses to the people's greater need. And I neglected to mention our key verse, which is from the King James Version. He, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And that is Acts chapter 3 and verse 8. After the introduction, our lesson has outline has two divisions. The first is entitled, The Power of His Name. That's covered between Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And the second is entitled, Opportunity Knocks. And that's covered between Acts chapter, 9, Acts chapter 3, rather, verses 9 and 11. From the standard commentary, our lesson title, it's Jumping for Joy, Jumping for Joy. And additional aims are, number one, describe the life of the man who was lame. Number two, compare and contrast the people's reaction to the healing with reactions in Acts chapter four, verses one to 22 and Acts chapter 14 verses 8 to 13 and then number three write a prayer for discernment to recognize when to offer Jesus before offering material health now we're going to give a little background in a moment uh, kind of bridge the gap between uh, last week's lesson and this week's lesson uh, and then we will read we're going to follow the outline of the quarterly uh we'll read each passage and then we'll have some verse by verse discussion before that however let's go before the throne our father we do thank and praise you again lord we thank you for um your loving kindness and your tender mercies always we thank you for uh this time of study of your word lord and as always we pray for your the guidance of your holy spirit we pray for your understanding of your word lord uh, even though this may be a familiar passage lord we know that there's greater understanding that you can give us uh, we thank you for the model uh, for the church that you've given us in these early chapters of acts 
And we pray that you'd help us to be more faithful, Lord, uh, in and through your church, Lord, in serving uh, the physical needs and certainly the spiritual needs, Lord, of those who do not know you, as well as edifying those who do, Lord. We pray for all those who uh, to hear this lesson. We pray for every represented. And we pray, Lord, again, that we would be faithful doers of your word as we understand it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a uh, little background. Uh, let's contextualize our lesson passage today. If you recall from last week, Lesson 10, we dealt with uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, how the Holy Spirit came, made his appearance, and, and, and dwelt the 120 believers that were in the upper room, uh, manifesting himself uh, with the sound of wind and something that appeared to be fire that uh, clothed or cleaved, if you will, and lighted on each one of them. They were filled with the Spirit and spoke with other tongues or other languages. And the people that they spoke to were amazed and so amazed, uh, gave uh, uh, Peter an opportunity to preach a, a very Spirit-filled and Spirit-empowered sermon. Uh, after which some 3,000 came to faith. They said, men and brethren, what must we do? And Jesus said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, they, 3,000 was added to the church that very first day, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and indwelt believers for the first time. Uh, now then, the, the rest of Acts beyond our lesson text last week dealt with further developments in the early church how others were added, and uh, we finalize that chapter, chapter 2 it is, at verses uh, 46 and 47, where it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Okay, so we're going to pick up now from the, from then, from there rather, uh, at chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read the first passage from the quarterly again, which is entitled, has the uh, division title, The Power of His Name. And I'm going to read from, I'm going to read from the King James Version. I think it's simple enough to follow. So beginning at verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Verse 3, Who seeing Peter and John about to enter uh, into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. 
and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. I read uh, verses 1 through 8. So now we're going to back up to verse 1. And again it reads, Now when Peter and John went up into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, that is the ninth hour of the Jewish day, which began at 6 a.m., so the ninth hour would make that 3 p.m. And that was the third uh, customary, I'm sorry, the second customary prayer time. There were three customary prayer times, Jewish prayer times, and uh, even though they were uh, Christ followers or Christians at this point, uh, the church was made up of all Jews at this point, and they did continue to follow some Jewish traditions, such as observing the hours of prayer. So there were traditionally <clears throat> three times for prayer, early morning, uh, when the priest made the, the daily sacrifice, mid-afternoon, this would be the 3 p.m. prayer time, and then at sunset, and we can see those times in Exodus 29, 38, and 39. So they are doing something that uh, has probably been the habit of their lives all of, uh, all of their lives. Verse 2, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered the temple. Now, it was very common for uh, people that suffered from all kinds of disabilities uh, to be uh, in positions where there was high traffic to ask for uh, alms and I will talk about what alms are in just a minute this man we're told and he's unnamed he's a beggar uh, was lame from his mother's womb which means he never had the use of his feet or legs uh, they, he, they were not able to support him uh, from birth and the only means of support that these disabled people had was to beg they were not able to work and so uh, again as I said customarily they were placed in positions where they could beg uh, for their living and so although this this man uh, uh, was in a terrible uh, condition physical condition he did have a couple of things going for him you know first uh, he had a friend or family member, uh, family members or friends, who were willing to carry him uh, to the temple daily. And he had, apparently, a prime, secondly, he had a prime location at the gate, which is called Beautiful, uh, where there was high traffic that was apparently reserved for him. Now, this uh, gate called Beautiful was uh, believed to have been on the east side of the temple, uh, and it uh, uh, was uh, the gate of entering the uh, courtyard. It was the gate to entering the courtyard, some commentaries have said. Verse 3, Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. So this beggar is seeing all the traffic uh, going into the temple via that gate. Uh, passing by and he is 
uh, of course, uh, looking, he's asking for an alms. An alms was a, a duty-driven monetary gift to the poor and needy. It was something that uh, the Jewish people were obligated to do in support of the poor. And we recall Jesus never renounced uh, giving to, to the poor or supporting the poor uh, but he did condemn those who made a show of giving to the poor to receive praise and honor from men. So we can see that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 to 4. And when we support uh, those who are truly in need, and I know in our day it's kind of hard to distinguish uh, sometimes who uh, has legitimate needs and those out there just hustling, uh, trying to make a living of begging uh, because they don't want to work. It, and I, I personally struggle with that. I have no problem with giving to someone that is disabled and certainly uh, cannot work or certainly cannot work a, a gainful job. And those who are and healthy uh, young men in particular, uh, that certainly can work. And especially when there's their, their job opportunities and I always ask them, you know, have they made application here or there generally uh, for a job? So the beggar is asking uh, John and Peter, and by the way, uh, John and Peter are named as having been together some eight times in, uh, in Acts. So they, uh, they were a duo uh, that, uh, uh, for whatever reason, uh, felt that there meant some synergy in their ministry. Uh, working together in several instances. Uh, let's look at verses 4 and 5. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon them with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Let's look at that in the NIV, verses 4 and 5. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So what was Peter's aim? His aim was to get the man's full attention. And we, uh, we understand that the man gave them that full attention by looking at them directly. In other words, looking at them eye to eye. And I suppose Jesus, I mean, uh, the man, uh, 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 sorry, Peter, wanted his full attention uh, 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 concerning what he was about to pronounce. And you know, it's important when we witness for Christ that we get whoever we're talking to, whoever we're witnessing to, their full attention, that they're not distracted by this, that, or the other. That was something that I remember being taught in evangelism classes. We want their full attention. We want them to understand the importance of what we're saying about the Lord. And in this case, uh, what Peter is going to do in the name of Jesus, uh, which is to, to perform a healing, is going to, going to give him opportunity to then preach again another gospel message to those um, around. And we'll see that in a few minutes. So the man gives them his attention okay got my attention give me some money now verse 6a says then peter said silver and gold have i 
none. And we can infer that he had no copper, no brass, no other coins uh, of any type to give to the man. Uh, and uh, as I said, you know, the law uh, required that Israel care for those who were in need. We can see that in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and 12. So uh, if you don't, but if, if they didn't have it, they didn't have it. If they didn't have it to give, certainly money, they didn't have it to give. But as we'll see in a minute, uh, Peter and John had something far more valuable to give uh, to this beggar than money. Part B says, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So you can imagine the man initially being a disheartened when he hears they have no silver or gold or uh, again by inference no money to give them but that was not the end of the story you know in fact what he was going to give him was far more valuable so he says what I have I will give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth now Jesus Yeshua the Messiah of Nazareth again there were as I mentioned last week there were many Yeshua's or Jesus's in that day and in that area so he was distinguished as the Jesus that was the Messiah by connecting him with his hometown Nazareth but then he's also said to be the Messiah and of course uh, well hopefully the uh, the beggar had heard of him now what does it mean what are they what is he saying in the name of Jesus Christ well what he's saying is by the authority or by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I say rise up and walk now uh, we, we, we need to recognize Peter's not taking any uh, credit for uh, this what's this miracle that's about to happen he wants it it clearly understand it's not by his power or his authority but it's by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ and this is is, is symbolizing the continuing power uh, of the Lord that, that were, is now working through his apostles okay now um, now, you, you, we, we often hear people say when something is done that's noteworthy uh, to God be the glory, and that's quite appropriate. And we need to understand that when anything is done in the name in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, it is uh, we are engaging in the ministry that's consistent with His will, His authority, and His delegated power. We don't. We don't use that uh, willy-nilly. When we are doing something in the name of Christ, it needs to be consistent with his will and his authority. All right, so um, when we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the same is, 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 is applied. And we are doing this consistent with the will and the authority of the Trinity in this case. So we're going to have some more uh, some more commentary on uh, just what Peter uh, is doing here in just a minute. Let's finish the passage, however, um, 
verse 7 reads, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So this was an instantaneous miracle. You know, um, uh, there are many so-called uh, faith healers uh, that uh, claim to have the power to heal, and I've always wondered why they didn't uh, go to the hospital rather than have some staged event in a, in a large stadium where they call on presumably uh, someone they don't know from the audience who's supposedly crippled and all of a sudden he gets up out of a chair or she and they walk. Why not just go through the hospital to those who are really sick and, and document it and then, and then their sickness or is documented and cause them to rise up out of their beds and walk. So uh, I don't put much stock in in them even though i know that that the god is certainly uh still in the healing business uh i don't think he does it the way that he did uh during the apostolic age uh how, be that as it as now he can but i don't know that that's certainly not normative so we're going to see not only does his feet that never have never been used and ankles and legs receive strength but they do so instantly. Now this man has never walked. His, his legs and feet have never supported his body, but he is able now to, verse eight says, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Now we know those of us who've had children know there's a process okay uh when the babies are you know their legs and feet and ankles are strong enough certainly to support their weight but they begin to crawl and then they they totter and then they uh, finally can walk you know cert certainly with with the poor balance to begin with and then eventually they're able to walk normally and as they grow even to walk but this all happens instantaneously part of the miracle of uh, and this this is not necessarily a, a healing because he's never had the use of his. This is a complete rec, uh, restoration. One of the commentators says, I'd say recreation, if you will, of this man's feet and 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 functioning ankles and legs. So he is not only given the strength, but the ability to walk and to leap and jump. Uh, so, so this is a this is quite a miracle. And what does he begin to do? Uh, he doesn't praise Peter or John. He begins to rightly praise God. He recognizes instantly that a miracle of God has been performed on him, not of Peter or John. And he and he goes into the temple. He doesn't go home. Uh, we'll see in a minute now. Uh, he's going to go into the temple with them, praising the Lord, to give thanks first to the Lord. Now the uh, quarterly commentator says, By meeting this beggar's physical condition, the door was now open to meet his more significant need for salvation. The faith community must remain alert to this pattern of ministering. Often it is the compassion, compassionate addressing of physical needs that draw 
uh, and prepare the hearts of those needing spiritual transformation. We certainly want to follow this pattern. We meet the immediate physical needs of people and show the love of Christ in a tangible way. But that give, then that gives us an opportunity to share the more important spiritual need for salvation for many. Uh, when we uh, open our food pantry, you know, as we give people food, we need to question them about their relationship with Christ. We need to ask about that. We need to uh, pre we need to actually share our faith with them, share the gospel with them. And 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 we were giving, and I know I haven't worked with the food pantry in some time at our church, but giving them uh, tracts and materials to and following up to uh, meet the, sp the more important spiritual need of salvation. Uh, you know, the, the healing is only gonna last for, for their life, for their natural life. But the spiritual need is something that will lead to eternal life. The salvation that they need is for eternal life. Now let's move into the um, second division, uh, which is entitled Opportunity Knocks. And that's covered between Acts chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. And it reads, And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So let's back up to verse 9 again. Actually, let's look at 9 and 10. This is, And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They had seen this man uh, perhaps for years daily, so they knew that it was him that probably had some very recognizable clothes, maybe only had one, one set. Uh, and uh, uh, they, so they, they knew it was him and they knew he was legitimately lame. Okay, would not have been there every day for years had he not been. And it goes on to say, they knew it was him that sat at the gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. Because they knew that it was him, they knew that he had been healed, they were filled with wonder and amazement at this miracle, which they, uh, when they um, actually come together, verse 11 let's go on verse 11 says when they come together and as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's uh, great uh, Solomon's greatly wondering and this was their uh, a porch or portico that was covered. It was a covered open air area on the east side of the of the largest temple courtyard. 
and that's where the Christians were uh, believed to have met in that general area as well. The early church uh, met from time to time as well. But the people came greatly wondering. They uh, had to acknowledge this, had to recognize that this was a miracle performed of God. But what has, uh, what has really happened here? Let's back up. So the man, uh, having been healed physically, and, and I'm going to say technically, uh, one of the commentators said, he was made whole because, again, he never had the use of his feet and his ankles before. Now, he was made whole by a physically healing or physically whole. Uh, we, the, the greater need, however, was him to be made spiritually whole. Uh, we were made spiritually whole when we accepted the Lord Jesus as our Savior and were born again. We were made physically whole uh, after a life of sin, sickness. And this miracle gave, and the wonder and amazement that the people uh, have now uh, as a result of it, gives Peter and John an opportunity to present the gospel to present Jesus Christ by whose authority this miracle was performed. And let's understand <clears throat> that Jesus' miracles were primarily intended uh, for two purposes. Actually, uh, to authenticate um, him as the Messiah and the Son of God, and certainly his disciples or apostles to authenticate them and their authority to act on his behalf. And then number two, to lead to eternal life. The eternal life might result from those who believe in Jesus in the gospel, that he died for their sins, was raised for the justification. Read the gospel of John uh, verses uh, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Matter of fact, let's turn over there. So the Gospel of John, verse uh, chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 reads, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these were written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name, that you might believe the authentic... Uh, the authentic that he is authentic rather the son of god and that believing you might have life believe on his name and have eternal life life through his name now as i read through this lesson um i it, it occurred to me that the miracle this lesson our lesson text covered basically the miracle and the crowd's reaction to the miracle but it sets up what's to follow. It sets up Peter's response to the people's response. Um, so starting at verse 12, and I'm not going to go uh, much further beyond our lesson text, but just to put this, uh, what's happened here in context, uh, Peter says, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk 
The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. So he is basically giving the gospel message to all those who are in amazement and wondering what, how did this happen? And so he is basically giving the God death, burial, and death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he says, and we are witnesses uh, through, through his name, okay, and his faith. And he says, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom ye know, ye see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. That's the physical soundness. Now, we want to do what we can in the name of the Lord to help people become physically sound. But we want, we do not want to ignore, in fact, we want to place more emphasis on the need for spiritual soundness. So we want to use our help of the disabled, of the needy, to give us, certainly out of compassion, genuine compassion uh, for those people. And that's used uh, a lot when it comes to Jesus when he healed. Half of, more than half of his miracles uh, were healing miracles. Uh, and he did that out of compassion for those who were suffering various physical ailments. But we want to be looking beyond the physical need to the spiritual need. And we want to use, again, uh, a plat the platform that is presented as we uh, meet the physical needs uh, of the disabled and others in need. Not just disabled, but all those who have various physical and material needs to give us an opportunity to share the gospel and meet their greater spiritual needs. Much more could be said about the lesson. I hope that uh, we've gained a little more understanding than we had of the uh, passage that we covered. And we pray that God would make us more faithful, again, to be witnesses of him, his love and his grace, uh, what he's done for us, what he's doing for us now, Lord. And so uh, with that, uh, Father, we do thank and, and praise you again uh, for your word, Lord. We thank you for, uh, again, the model of ministry that you've given us again in, in this passage and in the early chapters of uh, this book of Acts. Uh, and we pray that we would be faithful, Lord, to follow the pattern, Lord. Uh, uh, certainly utilizing the power of your spirit in all that we think, do, and say. And certainly giving you the glory in all that we do. And we ask, again, your blessings upon all the hearers, all the families represented, uh, in Jesus' name, and, and certainly, Lord, uh, we, we, we thank you for all the mothers that are being celebrated uh, this Sunday. We thank you for uh, the godly mothers in particular, Lord, to put our path, our feet on a path of righteousness, our feet on a path of knowledge of you and your salvation. And we just thank you for uh, those faithful, godly mothers, and we ask, and all the surrogate mothers as well. We ask your continued blessings upon them. And bless those who uh, who lost their mothers, Lord, and let them cherish their memories and look forward to seeing them again uh, in your glorious presence. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.